0: Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing.
1: We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body.
0: So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is episode 17, talking about self-doubt, self-limiting thoughts, whatever you want to label it. So this week, Carmen and I are going to jump into it and just kind of start unpacking these things because I know every human has got to struggle with self-doubt at some point, self-limiting thoughts. Um, some of us, I think, do a much better job of managing them um, than others, but yeah. We're just going to dive in and talk about them. So I I think Carmen and I have recorded this podcast before and um, I didn't like it. So we had to redo it. And it, it seems that I am still on a journey learning how to identify and then unpack these self-limiting beliefs, these self-styles because they feel so real and they've been um programmed in my brain for such a long time and I feel like Carmen has done a much better been more efficient on her journey in dealing with self-doubt and self-limiting thoughts and it's just a little bit farther along I think so I think you're going to get a great kind of like two different perspectives on it and two different points of the journey um yeah yeah I think that um
1: limit our limiting beliefs in our um are a normal part of life right and everybody has them to a certain extent it's a matter of um understanding what role those limiting beliefs have and um whether they're contributing to our overall goals or not right um and Oftentimes, we can easily kind of get swept away in that self-doubt because our brain um, uses that as evidence, right? That um, what we're thinking is what we're feeling, um, which often is, you know, on occasion, we're not worthy. We're not enough um, for a particular situation, for a particular, um, yeah, for a particular situation for any, you know, um, when those thoughts come up. And so um, I think it's important to be able to recognize uh, where those thoughts are coming from and understanding, right, are those thoughts serving us um, in our greater potential or,
0: you know, are they not? Yeah, and I mean, I think we have to even back up even further because a lot of times this programming has been... You know like i'm gonna call our thoughts and our beliefs programming just to clarify so a lot of this programming has came from early childhood so now as adults it's running on auto right so therefore we don't even see them or recognize them as thoughts they're just coming through and it, it just, it feels like reality. It feels like truth and we don't even question them as thoughts as optional. So I think we first have to step back to awareness, awareness that you are having these thoughts and a great way to become aware of, of programming or beliefs is by checking in with your emotions, Right. I feel like the emotions are always barometers of what's going on within your thought world behind it. So if you're feeling negative emotions in certain situations, circumstances, or whatever, like taking that as your jumping point and backtracking to, okay, what's, why am I feeling this negative emotion? And then having to dive deep and figure out what the belief or the thought is behind it
1: Oh, yes, that's true, because oftentimes, that's what we recognize first, right, because it manifests yes. as that emotion, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I feel really down, I feel really depressed, I feel very scared, anxious, um, you know, and so going backwards, or going, yeah, to, to look at where that's coming from, Um it takes, it takes some work, right. Yeah. To be able to identify that because you easily get swept up in that emotion. That's our kind of our leading foot forward, if you will.
0: Yeah. Right, cause like, I mean, I love examples, right? So when I like, let's just use the example of you and I, cause it's easy. When I first met you, um, like our very first meeting, right. And you tell me that you're a doctor I start getting these emotions, these feelings of um, kind of wanting to distance myself, right? Like, and uh, excited to meet you, but also that feeling of like, it was a feeling of like, oh, I'm not smart as smart as her. She won't want to be my friend. I can't bring anything to the table which are like surface level thoughts. But once I did, you know, work, it came back that that circumstance was triggering this belief that I'm not worthy or enough. Those weren't the conscious thoughts I were having, right? We don't have conscious thoughts like, I'm not enough. Like, I mean, sometimes, (laughs) but most of the time it's something else, It's, it's masked as something else. But really the driving thought behind it is, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy i'm not good enough i don't i i am broken
1: yeah um sorry i'm having some uh speaker difficulties (laughs) (laughs) um so yes oftentimes um if we we don't always recognize that because of that programming so i love this i just saw this um ad and it's targeted towards girls who are eleven years and older, and it is um to help them recognize negative thoughts um and programming their brain right oh, wow. and and so I thought, oh wow, okay, so there is some awareness <laughs> happening um and there's the opportunity to um address it at a younger age because oftentimes um You're exactly right, that programming, it happens when we're young, right? Usually by seven years old, um, we've got this impression about ourselves, how we interact in the world, right? How we interact with our loved ones. Um, And, you know, whether that's a positive or a negative um, impression is based on how we grew up. It's based on what people have said to us, right? What our teachers have said to us, what our parents, our relatives, people on the street, um, you internalize that as a child, because you're learning all about your environment, you're learning about your role and your place in the environment. And so um, how you were uh, addressed, right, we internalize that. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, um, we take that internalization. And oftentimes, it's I mean, it's part of our programming, it's kind of second nature, you don't even recognize it until you stop and, and, and um, unpack it. And uh, dig a little bit deeper and kind of um, identify okay, uh, I've got this feeling. Why do I have this feeling? Right? Where is that coming from? And um, that does take a little bit of work. And sometimes when you start going through, you're kind of un, um, uh, revealing the layers and layers of um, years. In interactions, um, that have often shaped what we believe, right. And, um, where, whether we feel like we're enough or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also, you know, I think another good like signpost that you're, yeah. that you're cycling self-limiting beliefs or self-doubt are the simple, they, they sound so innocent thoughts. Yeah. Um, Like one of them is, I had a thought for a long time, I'm not good at math. Uh, Sounds innocent, right? Yes. yes. Doesn't sound like that big a deal. But because I had that, like anytime math came up at any point in my life, that was my go to. Well, I'm not really good at math. Yeah. And then it triggers this cascade of like feeling not enough, not worthy, not adequate, not smart enough, right? Yeah, some folks will call that um, over time uh,
1: self-hypnotism, right? Those little innocent things that you say that you think to yourself um, will cause you to believe it, mm-hmm. right? And then self it. Uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um I love that you bring that up because my niece who's 8, she will tell me I'm not good at math and I'm like, Raina don't say that, you know? I was like we just need to work on them a little bit more. Um now you may not like math and that's okay. <laughs> right. But yeah, when you um program yourself to think that you're not good at it, um it will yeah, manifest that because in a way you're kind of self-hypnotizing and self uh realizing Mm -hmm. yeah it'll come to realization yeah um that yeah i'm not good at that right so i often catch myself uh, (laughs) um um saying those things or thinking those things right or when i tell people okay you know like hey i'm not an accountant i'm not good at books and i'm like okay no let's rephrase that i'm not (laughs) i'm working on being better at (laughs) doing my own books right um it's a work in progress Right. But when we make those blanket statements that seem very innocent, um, we're continuing to perpetuate that programming that's yeah. in our, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah Which really is just
0: like on a deeper level, it's chipping. Um, let me see here. I'm going to swing it real quick to make my example. So what self-confidence is, um, according to my coach, Brooke, Self-confidence has four components. One of them is the willingness to experience all emotions, mm. right? You're willing to experience them all. The second is that you have your back no matter what. You always have your back. And the third one is, is that you trust yourself and you trust yourself that you will figure it out that you're capable. And then the fourth one is uh I always forget what the fourth one is. Oh, you start creating intentional thoughts that you want to think. So those four things create self-confidence, right? When we have thoughts like I'm not good at math and we think that it's innocent, really what it's doing is it's chipping away from my self-confidence. It's telling me that I am inept or I'm not good enough in a certain area. And therefore then I'm kind of being mean to myself and I learn to not trust myself because I become my own enemy. Right. Cause I think of it in this sense, like I would never tell you, even if I didn't think you were good at books, I would never tell you, Carmen, you're not really good at books. <laughs> like I would just never do that. Like, because it's mean, <laughs> it doesn't serve anything. It's not helpful. Like, you're not going to become better at books by me telling you like, yeah, you're not good at books.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And when you put it, um, when you, uh, uh, um, change the context, right. And say it like that, you're like, Oh yeah, I would never say that to anybody. And yet we have a tendency to say that to ourselves all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, taking that, uh, Time to to recognize, one, that we're doing it, right? Um, And two, saying, you know what? I don't believe that. That's not true, right? Um, And kind of debunking that and giving our opportunity or giving our body and our brain the opportunity to reprogram those thoughts um, will help to um, address the feelings, right? That come with that, that often... Paralyze us from doing the things that we want to do, or that you know we're passionate about, or that yeah, um, we want
0: to see change. It's funny how we ask ourselves, like we have big dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I ask of myself, like, hey, I have this big dream, I want you to go chase it down. But then at the same time, I'll be mean to myself, you know, and have these self-limiting or uh, self-doubt thoughts, and it's like that's that's insanity. (laughs) You know, it's like asking you, Hey, Carmen, will you, um, I don't know, will you like take, I don't know, go with me on some amazing adventure that you're going to have to go out of your way to do. And then the whole time I'm like being mean to you and you're like, why would I want to go on this adventure with you and do these (laughs) hard things with you when you're just being negative the whole time? And it's like, that's what we do to ourselves every single day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, I think it's, uh, I think part of that challenge is again, you know, um, one, you know, being able to recognize, uh, that that is happening is that opportunity for growth. Right. Yeah. Um, it's for that opportunity to, um, begin to, to dig a little bit deeper and figure out, okay, you know, why do I feel this way? And uh, how can I use this instead of, um, you know, just kind of beating myself down before I've accomplished anything. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, people will say that sometimes we can be our, our worst critic. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the saying. Um, and oftentimes that's true because of these ideas that we're talking about today.
0: Yeah. That most of us aren't even aware of. Like, I'm not even aware of all of my self-limiting beliefs or my self-doubt. Like, I'm aware of some of the bigger ones, but I'm sure there's a lot of them that are just running in the programming that I'm not even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um I do, I I see that, (laughs) I see it all the
1: time, right? People will come in and and they'll say um, that, yeah, things that they're they're not uh, good with or they'll, they will tell me, oh, you know, um," they'll tell on themselves, like they'll feel guilty. They'll say, oh gosh, you know, Carmen, I haven't been um, sticking to my diet plan, you know, um, these last four weeks. I'm like, okay, you know, tell me the hardest parts. Like, what was the struggle for you? And let's identify, you know, how we can um, address that so that it will be um, easier for you to make better choices for your, um, with your meals and with your food, right? And so some people will tell me, they'll, they'll say, um well i just I, I can't afford it right or they'll say oh i don't like the taste of that um they'll say oh it just takes too much time it takes too much work i don't you know cook in the kitchen and in the big scheme of things right those are all excuses that they've told themselves right um to make it okay that they're not able to um make changes with their diet right? yeah um and so, so we do, we unpack that. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? So you're not a good cook, okay? Um, yeah, well, what do you like to cook? Like, what do you eat on a regular basis? Um, who prepares that food, right? Um, what types of things can you cook? Or, you know, do you enjoy um, preparing? And then we just kind of go from there, right? It's kind of like, let's back up a little bit find that positive component, and let's tease that out a little bit more, right, and so that we can reprogram from a positive perspective and say, okay, so you like to make tacos, great, you know, um, let's see how um, preparing those tacos, um, how we can make healthier choices, right, how that same way that you prepare that food, you can prepare other foods in the very exact same manner, Right. Um, so it's kind of trying to find that hook to, um, challenge them to, to, to change their perspective to say, okay, well, shoot, I'm good at making tacos. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I can make this, you know, um, stir fry as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I love that example because I think it perfectly is shows how our brains want to find evidence to validate the self doubt and self limiting thoughts. And here's Mm -hmm. what I mean. Um, that example that you used or like my example, I budgeting, right? Like I tend to be a conservative spender in some areas and like, I would make my budget pretty small because i wanted that's what I wanted to live by. But I was totally disrespecting who I was right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I think we do that. We have this thought like, all right, I'm going to do Carmen's diet. It's not, you know, like I'm just going to discipline myself and force myself, but really I'm just going to fail at this so I can have more evidence to show that like, I'm not good at these things. I'm not disciplined. Instead of, instead of working with yourself, being kind to yourself and being like, look, Carmen, I want to eat healthy. Here's the dildo.'" I just like making tacos. So right. how can we eat healthy and make tacos? Right. Instead we're like, okay, I want to eat healthy. You told me to just eat cabbage every day. I hate cabbage I'm going to do it and I'm going to fail at it so I can find more evidence as to how, you know, I'm not worth exactly. good enough. I'm not good at things. I'm never going to be successful. Right. Yeah. We self-sabotage and that I think I'm learning. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is just a new baby theory. If you find self-sabotage in your life, it's probably that I, that I'm creating evidence for myself to feed some self-doubt running in the background. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I think you're onto something. Um, That's exactly what the idea of self-sabotage is, right? Is that, um, we're setting ourselves up for failure, right? And we're finding that evidence all along the way. They're like, "Well, you know, I couldn't do this over here, so of course I'm not going to be able to do, you know, whatever this new thing is." Mm-hmm. And um, it's it feeds this um, feeds this cycle, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Um, and our brain is like, "Okay, well." if we can identify um, that as evidence, well, then it makes sense, right? Um, uh, and it, that is, I mean, we you know, we've talked about abundance and scarcity before, right? And that's sort of that scarcity cycle, that model is that, okay, well, we weren't successful at this, you know, before we're not gonna be successful this time, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't matter how many times we've tried or, you know, whatever it is, we, um, are gonna end up in the same spot so why even try
0: yeah right? I feel like um, that shows up big time when it comes to diets yes um, I think it does too yeah um,
1: people will yeah um, justify <laughs> not starting something new or not or um, not putting in the effort and something new because they don't believe that they will be successful mm-hmm. right Um and they, yeah, use that as as evidence. So when we're, um, some child development theory, (laughs) when we're little, right, um, like two, three years old, um, we learn things via assimilation, right, and so uh, we're taught you know, objects, animals, words, all of that stuff. And as our brain begins to decipher and to kind of understand and individualize the different things that we're learning, it assimilates it. Right, so we learn um, from a we learn what a dog is, right? When we're two, and our parents are telling us, "Hey, this is a dog," right? And when we meet a cat, we're like, "Whoa, it's got four legs, it's furry, it looks, you know, like it could be a dog." And so our brain automatically um, assimilates that and puts that in that category of like, "Okay, this is similar to a dog, but I'm told that it's a cat," Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so. We do that with all the objects that we learn, you know, as our um, understanding of the environment and everything around us um, grows. So then we start to look at all four legged animals, right? If we learn dog first, we start to look at all four legged animals and we kind of assimilate them all together. Um, So, you know, cows, deer, you know, they're all four legs, they all have fur. Um, And so our brain puts them kind of all in a category. And so the same thing happens with our experiences and with our interactions is that, um, you know, when we uh, uh, fall, right, like say you're riding your bicycle and you fall and you scrape your knee and uh, it's very painful and maybe a little bit traumatic for some kids, then you begin to assimilate, oh, okay. Well, this is associated with pain, right? I I don't ride a bike well. I can't ride a bike, right? Um, Or I'm too scared to ride a bike. And so we assimilate all those feelings um, and all those thoughts together um, in our brain. And so as we get older, right, we carry those with us. You know, it may be that, hey, I you know, can't ride a bike, I've never ridden a bike, or I don't know how to ride a bike, right? Or yeah. I'm scared I'm gonna fall, I'm scared I'm gonna fail, it was really painful, you know, I don't want to relive that experience again. And so, um, and those are just assimilations that our brain has produced and have, has kind of categorized. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, in our programming, and um, you know, we apply that to different situations um, as we get older, mm-hmm. but it's the same idea. Yeah. Um, where those self-limiting thoughts come from that self-sabotage, um, that, you know, trying to find evidence that, oh yeah, we've already been down this road and it was painful. (laughs) We don't want to do it again.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 And I think we start using it as an adult. We just start blanketing it over more and more things. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I've heard that before, you know, like i I've been in the fitness world for a long time. So I've worked for a lot of different people. And like this, I love this one. (laughs) Like if you have someone do like, they'll come in and like the, like the whole bike thing, right? Like, okay, I want you to get on the bike or jump rope. I've never been an athlete. I've never been good at these athletic things. Like they just blanket the whole thing, right? (laughs) Like they had one bad experience on a bike and now like, any sport-related active thing, I'm just not good at. Never tried it. Right. But it's in the sports world, so I'm just not good. That's a perfect example of self-limiting beliefs. I totally closed the door on a
1: whole aspect, yeah, of our health and well-being um, because of a previous experience that wasn't good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we do it, we all do it in different areas. Right. So I'm not like just picking on those people. Right. Like I said, Oh no. Yeah. Um, I think with money, people have self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt with money, you know, so, and with building a business with success, I think success is one of my bigger ones that there's a lot of self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt and some definite self-sabotage going Mm -hmm. on. Right. And, And like, why, like, it blows my mind if I think about like, why would you be afraid of success? Uh, Right? And I think it's because success is related to responsibility and too much responsibility.
1: Um, Yes, I think that that's a a component of it, yeah. Um, I think sometimes there's also that component of if people didn't know somebody successfully one-on-one, right, but they look at, Maybe, you know, successful leaders in the um, community or um, in the world at large, and then maybe they've heard bad things about that, <laughs> about that person, right? So then um, people take that, that um, experience and say, oh, you know, that person is successful and all these people are bad-mouthing them. Right. Right. Or they don't have a very good impression of them. Is that going to be me? Right. Like, and so then they've set up, so it's not even a direct experience, um, of seeing that success, but it's that, you know, um, possibility. Oh, well, I don't, you know, want people to think less of me or I don't want to be, you know, um, that target
0: when I become successful. I think you nailed it. I mean, for me personally, thanks for that therapy session right there. I think (laughs) you nailed it. Right. Like, and I wasn't even conscious of that. Cause usually I don't think about like, I don't care what other people think to some degree. Right. So that's not like a conscious thought, but as you're saying that, I'm hearing like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Because coming from small town, Oklahoma, like there's a lot of that. Like I think, well, I think that's probably just humans. I'm not going to blame it on small town humans like to tear down other humans especially if those humans have been successful
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um so i I, yeah i think that it just kind of um underlines that a little bit yeah
0: Yeah.
1: um so i want to take the self-limiting belief um around that kind of context just a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. because um i had a conversation with somebody last week and um They began to recognize that their experience with their spirituality was directly related to their limiting beliefs, right, Um, and that how they grew up um, in the church and how they were taught. as a young adult and their experiences uh, directly affected their ability to be able to dive into their spirituality a little bit deeper and begin to find um, some different truths for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, because their whole life they were taught, oh, you know, like, if you don't, um, Believe this way, then um, we're not going to accept you, right? We're not going to be accepting of you. We're not going to be accepting of your family, and so um, when they start to explore different realms and different ideas of their spirituality and, and growing um, a spiritual practice, you know they've you've, they, they've got these um, thoughts mm-hmm. um, pulling them back, right? Like, oh. I shouldn't be exploring this because this, you know, has, um, isn't accepted. Right. And I said, you know, everybody's journey, um, in their spiritual health, right. We're talking mind, body, and soul is your personal journey. Right. Um, and being able to let go of those, those limiting thoughts that have been, um, echoed to us a lot of our lives is um it's important to be able to recognize that okay this isn't you know where's the where do these feelings of like this you know guilt and the shame of exploring um these things where does that come from right um and being able to reprogram that and say okay you know what this is my journey this isn't the whole congregation's journey yeah
0: yeah and i did- for all of you out there that have similar, like can relate to that example that Carmen just gave like so much grace. There's just a huge requirement of grace to yourself and to others around you and to the church at large. That has to be, I feel like has to be um, infused in that journey. Like that journey probably was the most difficult journey it, to, to go on for me. Right. Like when you go into the world of spirituality, like all that programming is literally life and death, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like food's one thing like, Oh, if I eat right, then I'm skinny, but I don't eat right. Then I'm overweight. Like, yeah, you know, But, like, spirituality is, like, if you don't believe this, you are going to hell for eternity. Those are pretty, they're very weighty. Right. Right. And, like, you can get kicked out of the tribe if you choose not to come along and align with the spiritual journey, right? So those are very weighty journeys to take when you're starting to dive into that spiritual journey. Right. And, and like unpacking that and it is very emotional and it's very, it's hard because those beliefs are so ingrained so hard and it's scary because you're like, okay, I'm willing to, I'm willing to unpack this and maybe believe this doesn't exist, but what if I'm wrong and what if they're right? So I, I mean, yeah, that good for that person. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's the best one I've ever chosen to take, but yeah. it's definitely the hardest. Yeah. Um, it, it,
1: it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of self-work, right? It's a lot of thought work. Um, uh, just because what we've been, our experiences, right. Has shaped who we are. It shaped our worldview and, um, being able to kind of step back and being like, okay, you know what do, um, uh, is this are these experiences is this point of view is this worldview is it serving me right is it serving my higher purpose, what I want to do in this life and in this world um or is it holding me back right yeah. um, and so it it um yeah, it can get pretty <laughs> pretty thick pretty quickly yeah. um, but I think it's important to be able to um identify and be able to recognize right um how our programming shapes how what we believe you know um in actually um has the opportunity to promote how successful we're going to be
0: yeah 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 Yeah. i mean yeah i think our self-stout and self-limiting beliefs the amount and the and the depth that you have those will i feel like dictate the level you'll be able to rise to Mm. Yeah, right yes, I we think that the external that. world or our, our like here's the self-limiting our intelligence our talent those are all just self-limiting beliefs we think those are the ceiling to the yeah. capacity of our success but i think it's our self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs that create the ceiling to our capacity of success
1: yeah i would agree i would agree and um yeah i love how you said that um because just like we talked before and again in our abundance and scarcity is a lot of people don't recognize that ceilings there right um and so yeah uh beginning to to look a little bit a little bit more and recognizing um hey what's actually holding me back um and and why right um is it yeah Is important to, to recognize and to explore yeah cool
0: I think we'll leave you guys with that. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? I think that wraps it up. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, It's worthy work. It really is. It's hard work, but it's worthy work because that's, this is the work that will literally change your life. Mm -hmm. Have a wonderful day, my friends. We will catch you on the next one.
1: Hi friends thank you for joining us this week on our podcast um, we appreciate any comments that you guys might have um, please send us a review on iTunes um, we personally reply to all your comments so we love to see what you guys are thinking um, if you'd like an update and idea on our courses that we have to offer please check out our website at thriveandalignedhealing.com